0: head to patreon.com slash mama chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: Love yourself and give yourself permission to breathe, to watch a stupid sitcom, to go for a walk if you need to, whatever you need to do to get yourself in a place of joy, I would say give yourself permission because taking care of yourself is the best thing you can do for your child. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat
0: especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living, but it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friend, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I'm Chris, your host, and I am so honored to share today's conversation with all of you. We've spoken quite a bit on this podcast about pregnancy and postpartum. We've talked about pregnancy nutrition. We've spoken a little bit about postpartum nutrition and the difficulties of postpartum. We've spoken about pregnancy loss, but we haven't Spoken yet. We haven't had any guests on yet to talk about having a really, really difficult labor delivery and postpartum experience. But it's something that so many of us coming into motherhood experience, and I think very often are just taken off guard by having a really difficult experience in that birth and that postpartum period, myself included. I actually didn't expect myself to get so emotional in today's interview, and you will hear me go unmute quite a bit in today's interview, because this interview really hit home for me and my own birth story and my own experience with having a really difficult birth experience with my first daughter and a really incredible experience with my second daughter. That really was really transformative for me as a mom. It took me personally a really long time to feel comfortable with even being pregnant and having another baby because of the difficult pregnancy and birth experience that I had, and I didn't feel like I had anyone to really talk to about it. I had heard a lot of birth stories, some, some good, some bad, but I hadn't heard any birth stories that were like mine, where I had a so-called natural birth. I had a vaginal birth. You know, Every birth is natural. Every baby that comes into the world by whatever means is, is perfect and meant to be, but it was a very unexpected and honestly very traumatic experience that took me a long time to work through. And today's guest has an incredibly difficult story, but don't worry, there is a beautifully redemptive and happy ending to the story that she is going to share with us today. And I know that it touched me so deeply to know that there was another mom who also struggled but was also able to heal and come through it and have a beautiful story from it and to be able to be vulnerable and share with other moms the story of her difficulty and then also encouragement and hope that healing is possible, even when she was told that healing, physically at least, might never be possible. She dealt with physical pain postpartum. She dealt with emotional pain postpartum. And still, she was able to work through it. And she has an incredible message to share with moms. And I won't totally spoil it, but I am so excited to introduce all of you to Kiriaki Berkland. She's a mom of two boys, ages five and three. She's married to a wonderful man named Brandt, and together they live with their dog Pickles in Utah. After suffering from many emotional and physical wounds with her firstborn, Kiriaki started looking for ways to love and support moms. Soon, her new book, Motherhood is Big Enough, was born. Today, Kiriaki shares her story. She shares her story of a difficult experience turned into a really beautiful one in which she encourages and inspires hope in other moms, and soon she will also inspire that through her book. As well, and we talk about that, and it's an incredibly unique book that um, I I never heard anything like it, and so I just I can't wait for you to hear her story. I cannot wait for you to experience Kiriaki and everything she has to bring to moms. As you might imagine, I do want to give a little bit of a trigger warning for any moms who might feel sensitive to hearing about a traumatic birth and delivery and postpartum experience, though there is a happy ending and I think the message is of hope and healing, but I did want to just let you know that we are going to be discussing some, some difficult scenarios, but there is a happy ending in them all. So without further ado, I can't wait to have you hear my conversation with Kiriaki. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, Kiriaki. I am so honored to have you come on and share your story with my listeners today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing and I love that you're really bringing light to balance in motherhood, which is so important. So thank you for having me. I'm honored.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to jump in, but before we jump in, I do love to start with a little icebreaker. So, my question for you today is what are you reading these days?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm actually reading a book by Lisa Nichols called Abundance Now and I'm mm. loving it. I'm listening to it because you know as a mom it's hard to pick up a hard copy book, but Her voice is soothing and she just talks about how to have abundance in your life today and not wait for it or wait for perfect circumstances. It's a beautiful book so far.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. And I'm 100% and um, I'm an audible listener because yes. yeah, that that's how I get all of my reading done.
1: I love it's it. It's beautiful. She's so beautiful. I love her. Mm-hmm.
0: So I know that your mission is to love and to support moms in their unique motherhood journey, but your entrance into motherhood was uniquely difficult. And so that's something that I really, I want to bring to light and I want to talk about today. So I would love, if we jumped right in and started by having you share about your journey into motherhood because i know it wasn't easy. <laughs> so i would love if you started by just kind of taking me through your pregnancy, any worries you might have had kind of going into it
1: and then kind of what ended up happening and your birth experience. Okay, so it might be a long story, but um i love that you say any worries you had because i had every worry. I was like the minute we got pregnant, um I I had every fear imaginable, like, can I do this? And, you know, just what the body goes through and all that stuff. And I remember my husband kind of trying to encourage me by saying women have done this for centuries. If they can do it, you can do it. And I was like, yeah, but like, that doesn't feel complete to me, you know, like everything my body's about to do it. It just feels bigger than what you're saying. Um, and I, I just felt worried about it. And I think, um, Yeah, that, that was really hard for me. And I had to deal with my fear early on. Um, But right away in the pregnancy, two weeks in, I had severe morning sickness all day, every day. Um, It actually didn't let up till the baby came out nine months later. So it was, I had to quit my job. I couldn't look at screens. I was in bed all day, every day. I just, I remember thinking I can't get through a day, let alone the next hour. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I couldn't think I couldn't eat. And my husband was so sweet and supportive. He would come home and try to distract me by singing karaoke or, um, taking me to the park and having me lay down on the grass instead of being in bed, just to give me a different person perspective, a different, um, shift there. And he was really just trying to help me. Um, but every minute of every day was just excruciating and, um, so I got through it. Um I went into labor and uh, I remember thinking like okay, we're at the finish line, we can do this. So I was just excited. I was like, okay, I've went through the pain. Let's do it. Let's get it over with. Let's rip the band-aid. And I went into my labor really wanting to have um a natural birth. I had read all of the benefits about having a natural birth and all these things. And so I really just wanted to do it naturally. And I was open to the idea of not doing it naturally, but I wanted to try. And so, um, my husband really helped me through the contractions and I I was strapped to the monitor. So I would have my back to the monitor and he would hold my hand and tell me when the contraction is coming. And then like, it's coming down, it's coming down. You could do it. And it just gave me so much strength. And so, um, the whole labor was about 23 hours, um, and the, active labor, like the really intense was only about three hours. So the first 20 hours, it was painful, but I felt like I can do this. I can do this. And then that last three hours was excruciating. I just felt like I was being ripped in half. I was flopping on the table. um, And I was like, okay, I I was just kidding. Let's do the medicine. And they were like, you're dilated, honey. We got to get the baby out. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it was the worst pain of my life. And, um, I might cry and now I have been healed and I've had a lot of healing. So I don't just cry for me, but I cry for all the other moms who are struggling or who have gone through the pain or who have had emergency inductions or emergency C-sections or, who have pushed for 24 hours and then had to have a C-section, you know, or whatever. It's just, my story has been restored, but I do feel like I still feel it for all the moms that are going through it now. Um, But I remember thinking once the baby was out, like, I did it. I did the pain. I'm over it. Now I go home, I heal, and I get to be a mom. And that wasn't the case for me. So right off the bat, when I brought the baby home, we had issues. I couldn't breastfeed. I worked around the clock with specialists and supplements and pumping and just trying to get milk. I I wanted so desperately to feed my baby with my own milk and I couldn't, and that really, really hurt. And, um, I worked for about three months. I wasn't sleeping. I was hallucinating. I was completely out of my mind. I remember swaddling the baby, putting him in his crib, telling him good night, tiptoeing out, and then walk out to the living room to see my husband holding the baby, and like, what's happening? Where am I? You know, like, I was completely out of my mind. Um, and when I went in for my six week checkup. I found out I wasn't healing. Um, My body wasn't healing itself the way it was supposed to. And so it took a few visits and a lot of trial and error. But in one of the follow-up visits, we found out that I had two very rare conditions, physical conditions called vaginismus and levator myalgia, which are just fancy terms that meant that I had severe muscle and nerve damage. So um, they thought even before my diagnosis, they thought, Oh, maybe it's um, you have a lot of scar tissue. So they burned off the scar tissue with silver nitrate. And I almost passed out from the pain. I was, and they were like, wow, we know it's painful, but I couldn't breathe. I was in so much pain. And they were like, that's a little unusual, but it's okay. It'll heal. And then it's, I still wasn't healing. And so in one of the follow-up visits, I was finally diagnosed And up until this point, I had dealt with so much pain that I just kind of figured like, okay, pile it on. Like, how long is this going to take? Let's get on with it and heal. And my doctor looked at me and I'll never forget this moment when she just looked at me and she was like, oh no, that's not how this works. If you're even going to have a chance of recovery, it's going to be a lot of hard work on your part. And she went on to detail all of the things I would need to do. And she told me many women don't even recover from these conditions. And she also told me that although it's very rare, it does happen. And it oftentimes these two conditions happen in like a sexual trauma where it's extreme pain and it's um, where it happens fast and you're not expecting it. And it's extreme pain forcing the area. And so she was like, you know, we can do internal physical therapy. There's medications, there's specialists. So I walked out of that visit feeling this huge burden on my shoulders um, of just like, I can't do this. Like it's vulnerable enough to be in stirrups for over a year, having somebody look at you, let alone like being in pain and having to focus on this area. And I just called my husband crying. And I said, I can't, I can't do it. And he was like, yes, you can look at what you've already been through. You can do this. And so I let myself have a day of just pity party. (laughs) Like I'm just going to cry. I'm going to mourn. And then I picked myself up and I started the work and it was two years of physical therapy and medications, suppositories, specialists, doctor's visits, and so much pain that I couldn't walk. I couldn't bend. I couldn't wear pants for two years. Um, I couldn't have sex. It was completely off limits. I was in so much pain. And um, it was probably the hardest period of my life. But ultimately what brought me healing was the birth of my second son, which I later found out was called a redemptive birth. And I can go into that later. But um, in that two years of becoming a mom, I felt like I got the postpartum lottery. I won the lottery because (laughs) I had these two rare physical conditions, but I was also struggling with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And what I later found out was a part, uh, a sect of post-traumatic stress disorder called um, traumatic birth. Uh, to the point where everything having to do with pregnancy or babies would trigger me violently. So if I saw a pregnant woman walking down the street, I would feel morning sickness. I would feel panic. I would feel all of the feelings and emotions that I felt. It was like a literal trigger for me. Uh, And I I couldn't talk to somebody about being pregnant. I couldn't look at anything. Anything would trigger me. And I didn't know what that was. I was just like, yeah, I had a hard experience, excuse me. So it makes sense. I don't want to see that, but I didn't realize that I was going through PTSD on top of everything else. So it was just like, I had won the lottery of every condition possible, you know? Um, But yeah, so that in short, or I guess long story was my introduction to motherhood.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I was on mute because I don't know if you could see me getting emotional over here as well, which I didn't, I didn't expect because I've done a lot of um, my own personal healing um, with my own birth stories, my own experiences, which I'm actually going to share on the podcast um, soon for our listeners as well. But I can, I can only imagine. You know, I, I had my own struggles, but I can only imagine having. All of that physical pain with a newborn and struggling to nurse and struggling to just, you know, stay sane, <laughs> essentially. I mean, as all of us as new moms are just trying to keep it together on little sleep, but then having these physical issues. And then, you know, not surprisingly, you've got the the mental issues as well, which I think so many women suffer with, and so many women don't get the help that they need for you know, either the physical or the mental issues when it comes to postpartum. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you sharing your story with the world and giving moms encouragement, you know, that it can be really, really hard, but that there's so, that healing is possible. Um, I think that so many of us go into motherhood I was very much like you. I definitely went into pregnancy with all of the worries about all of the things because <laughs> that is, I I'm, I'm I don't like to call myself a naturally anxious person anymore because now I have tools to manage it, but I have traditionally been quite an anxious person myself as well. And so I had all of the worries going into pregnancy and it's so amazing that you had such a supportive partner that he was trying to encourage you in that. But I think sometimes our, our brains take over, right? And then having that really difficult physical pregnancy and then, or really physically difficult pregnancy and then getting to that birth and being like, it's almost over. And then not having it be over is so hard. And I think the, the personally, the biggest thing that I was not prepared for, um, I had a difficult pregnancy, I had some complications in in my, my first pregnancy, Um, but I think especially in my, in my first pregnancy, one of the biggest things that I wasn't prepared for was the postpartum period. They, I, there, I read all these lists on Pinterest about things you wanted, like, you know, the special squirt bottles for healing and, you know, and (laughs) and those things, you know, get this type of like pad to make things, you know, feel a little bit less uncomfortable. We're talking about birth here. So we're going to, we're going to go TMI (laughs) and I made these like padsicles and all of these things. but nothing prepares you for the real life experience of being in pain while trying to deal with a newborn even you know f- for many people it's just for you know sometimes a few weeks sometimes a couple of months but two years of dealing with that with a new baby and gosh i can't even imagine and i, I don't i don't think it's talked about enough that this is possible and even though your conditions were very rare um i know that i suffered with uh, I don't even, there was no actual like diagnosis for what I ended up with, but I ended up having a lot of pain postpartum, um, not even postpartum, but literally in like the next year plus, um, like in like my- entire pelvic region. And it wasn't an ongoing pain. Like I don't want to compare it at all to what you went through because it it wasn't that, but it made things difficult. It made things in my relationship very difficult because things that were possible before weren't possible. And it didn't affect my day-to-day life in the way that it did, um, that it affected yours so I don't want to downplay your story in the least bit, but it was something that I never thought was possible. And so I think that's where I wanted to make a point that like I never thought it was possible either and I'm sure that even with all of your worries and pregnancy this was something just so unimaginable. So I I'm I'm so I'm so I'm so sorry you had to go through that but I'm so grateful that you were using it to empower other moms.
1: So, thank you. And I don't want to downplay your story either because pain is pain and when yeah. it affects your mental well-being, your relationships, it's important, you know? And um yeah, I've seen moms struggle with much worse than me. I was just talking to a friend the other day about a mom who Hemorrhaged after giving birth, almost died. They stabilized her, sent her home, and then she hemorrhaged again and almost died and had to be taken to the ER. And she has a brand new baby at home. So yeah. it's just, it's there, and there's countless stories like that. And so mm-hmm. my pain was unique, but everybody has something, even the quote unquote <laughs> normal or, you know, pregnancies that were fine are yeah. really difficult. It's it's a huge transition for your body, your mind, and your relationships, your family dynamics. It changes everything and you need to be able to recover and heal and process every area. So it's a lot coming at you all at once. So yeah, what I don't want to downplay anything you went through because we've all gone through amazing struggles to bring life into the world. You know what yes. I mean?
0: Yeah, it's so true. Every single every single one of the moms listening has their own unique story, and it's all they're all uniquely difficult in and beautiful in their own ways as well. And it's one of the reasons I love having guests on sharing their own unique stories because I think we can all resonate with with parts of everyone's story. Yeah. So, I would love to talk a little bit more about those next those 2 years of recovery, those 2 years of intense healing. So, you were going through all of this physical healing. Mm -hmm. How, what did life look like for you when you're going through all this physical healing? And then you also have the emotional side of things and you're going through this emotional healing. How did you, how did you manage that? You had a baby, you were trying to go through all of this physical therapy and this physical healing, as well as trying to make time to heal emotionally and work through postpartum depression and anxiety and PTSD. So what did life look like for you? and, And what did healing
1: look like for you in that period? Well, I will tell you, I did not manage it well. <laughs> I, I think naively, I thought um, my husband had to go back to work, so I thought, well, you have the job, I'll I'll take care of the baby, and you just you need your rest because you're going to work. So I would work with you know be with the baby all day and then all night, and because of our. Um, milk supply problems, he was up 24 hours a day feeding every 45 minutes because he wasn't getting food. And in the beginning, I didn't know he wasn't getting food. So we were up all the time, which led to the lack of sleep, the hallucination, the wild mood swings, just like all over the place. And what I failed to realize at that time was Oh yes, my husband has a 40 hour a week job. I have an 120 hour a week job and I am working. Just because I'm home doesn't mean I'm not working. Um and so both of us we didn't know what to expect and I don't fault my partner at all for that because we both thought, "Oh, okay, you know, he'll focus on taking care of us financially, I'll focus on the baby." And it was we just didn't do it great in the beginning. I will give myself credit Um, because I did try day to day was really rough. It was constant pumping, trying to feed, trying to do all the things you're supposed to do with a new baby, with the tummy time and the reading and the, just all the trying to be the best mom. Um, and I will give my credit myself credit for one thing, which was that I had a cozy little chair, a rocking chair with pockets on the side. And I put water bottles in one side and snacks and treats in the other side, And every time he wanted to feed, I would let myself watch a stupid sitcom or listen to a stupid podcast and let myself laugh and have a treat so that those moments, instead of being um, devastating, were joyful. And I think that's one thing I did really well. Um, But in addition to that, I I ended up giving up breastfeeding at three months because my doctor and I felt um, that... If my body had any chance of healing, it needed to put all its efforts toward healing. Um, So that was bittersweet because I had wanted so badly to breastfeed um, that it felt really sad to give it up. But it also felt really like just a weight off my shoulders that I don't have to focus on that. We can find him a formula that works for him and I can focus on healing. Um, So that felt really good. And then, so after three months, um, it was weekly physical therapy, internal physical therapy, which was so painful. It was daily uh, internal massage with this torture device that I call the wand. I won't say the specific brand or anything, but it was a curved um, fiberglass wand with balls at the end that I was supposed to insert vaginally and massage myself from the inside to try to loosen the muscles. And it was so painful and excruciating. So I had to do that every day, morning and night, and I would do it in the bathtub to try to, you know, warm water, loosen the muscles. And it was just excruciating. I couldn't get through a few minutes of it. Um, I was also doing like vaginal suppositories, medication. I think I was going to the doctor or a specialist at least once a week, if not every couple of weeks. Um, for checkups, which was also excruciating. I could not handle a pelvic exam. Even in the very beginning, they tried to use child forceps on me, and I couldn't even handle that. I could not handle anything. Um, so it was just uh, constant. My entire life was consumed with baby care and trying to heal and recover. Um, yeah. So naturally, when I got pregnant again, <laughs> Uh, well, my mom was freaking out. I, I thought, well, I guess I'll have a C-section, but I, we really wanted to give our son a sibling. So I had fears. I had worries. Um, but it was my mom who was really freaking out. And when I, I remember when I told her, I thought she'd be like, yay. And she was, it looked like pure terror on her face. Like, can you do this? And I, we had lengthy talks with my OBGYN about how it would be possible to do it. And I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but <laughs> I guess since I'm here, I'll just, I'll just keep going. Um, but my doctor felt completely confident that I could have another vaginal birth, but my sweet, sweet doctor, and I'll give her a shout out here. Um, Allison Canavan, she was amazing. And she was so um, just intuitive and aware. and. I'm sure it was her extensive background that she knew the two things that create trauma are extreme pain and a feeling of being out of control. So when you marry those two things together, which is what I had with my first um, birth, it creates a trauma. And so she told me, in order to do this vaginally, we need to completely manage the pain so that you're not in any pain and we need to have you be completely in control. So you feel completely in control the whole time. So she suggested a full epidural and and an induction so that I would know the day, I would know the time, I would be able to prepare mentally um, and have everything controlled. And she was so sweet. I remember that the night Before, so we were gonna go in at midnight for the induction. And my parents came over at eight o'clock to be with my older son. And my mom was like, Why don't you guys go get some rest? You're gonna be up all night. You should try to get some sleep. And my husband was like, Yeah, that's a great idea. So he went right to sleep. (laughs) And I stayed up rocking in the rocking chair with every fear imaginable about can I do this? What's gonna happen to my body? I'm not even healed from the first one. And now I believe in God, and I just spent the night praying and, and asking God to show me pictures that would empower me to get through this. And what I saw were pictures of my second son, pictures of him strong, pictures of him as a warrior, pictures of his life. And it gave me so much power that by the end of that night, I felt like not only empowered to go through it a second time, but I felt grateful that this amazing human being is coming into the world today and I get to be his mom. So by the time I got to the induction, my mindset had changed. And that doesn't mean the fear went away. I was still afraid, of course, but I just felt like I'm going to do this for him. I feel like I know him and I'm going to do this. So um, yeah, we went in and even my physical therapist had told me it's very rare, but sometimes a second birth, if it goes really well, can reverse the symptoms physical symptoms of these conditions and she was like it doesn't always happen but it has happened for women and um i was not i would i didn't even think that was possible i was like if i can just get through this without dying i'm good um but that's what happened i ended up having this beautiful birth where everything was controlled i had um, soft lighting i had worship music playing i had aromatherapy um my doctor even assigned the most gentle nurse. I can't remember her name, but I remember it meant sun sunlight or light. And she was gentle and kind. And my doctor had also, um, had the forethought again, she's so awesome to have the nurse massage my pelvic floor with oil. And I remember her saying like copious amounts, copious, liberal, liberal, pour it on. Like she wanted so much oil to like stretch and strengthen. And so the birth ended up being so easy, so beautiful, so full of joy that, um, not only was the experience, even when I think about it now, so joyful, but it was like, instantly I could tell something was different. And I went back to my physical therapist. Um, and well, first I went for my six week checkup and she did the exam and I didn't have any pain. And she was like, kitty, a key you're healed. And I was like, yeah, 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 maybe. And then she was like, well, we'll go see your physical therapist just to be sure. My physical therapist checked me and was like, Kitty Aki, you're healed. And so that's how through this redemptive birth, which I later found out that it is a term and it has happened. And there was a study done on redemptive birth. And that's what I had. So it was through that redemptive birth that I uh, fully physically healed. And then through a lot more internal um, Emotional work that I a couple years later healed emotionally and mentally, also. So that's my whole story.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so, so incredible. And I'm over here trying to hold it together <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just, you're such a beautiful storyteller. And so like, I can imagine this whole experience and how incredible it must've been to have such a different experience. And I'm over here, like, you know, cheering on your doctor from the right? oh. What an incredible suggestion to make it as pain-free and as in control as possible so that you felt comfortable. You were still in pain at this time, when you were oh yeah oh my gosh oh yeah it's so difficult to go into something that you know is going to be uncomfortable to say the least (laughs) really painful and and already be in pain and walking into it after having the experience that you had before it's it's so incredibly brave but also I I understand the fear and it's so it's so beautiful the experience that you had the night before, just, you know, imagining your son and that experience you were able to have. and I it's so incredible. the The human body is so incredible. And I think, um I did a little bit of training to become a doula. that was something that I thought that I would I would like to do because I find birth and, and the whole experience. So fascinating. Uh, It wasn't my path in life, but, or maybe, maybe one day, you never know, Um, know. but I find it, I find it so fascinating. And the female body is just so incredible. And how incredible is it that a second birth took you to a place of healing physically first that you never could have imagined. I just think that it's so, so cool and so
1: incredible. So it was, yeah.
0: What did it look like then I want to I want to keep bringing it to, you know, from the physical side to the emotional side of things. How was your postpartum experience with your second son? Now you also have another child, which I know having two kids myself is just a complete like change, completely changes the game because you have another human to take care of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plus you're also healing postpartum. Plus you have a newborn. What was your postpartum experience like with your second son physically, emotionally? What did that look like?
1: First of all, it was a joy, like everything was completely different. Um, I was mentally in a better place to care for him. Physically, I was in a better place to care for too. Um, The one thing that I did have postpartum with my second was postpartum anxiety, which was so high and just... Uh, I would like get panic attacks and just have all of this anxiety. Um, but the actual experience with him, he was an easy baby. It was beautiful. It was a lot of joy. I felt like I was able to be present the second time and really enjoy him. Whereas I I wasn't able to do that fully the first time. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, I wasn't fully the mother I wanted to be, because I would let these feelings of anxiety kind of take over and take me for a ride, as it were. Um, and I remember, you know, I would have these bursts of like, when the anxiety takes over, I would yell at my older son, or, you know, I would just behave in a way that just felt yucky to me. Like, and I, through a lot of um reflection and introspection, I had to ask myself, like, is this the mom I want to be? Do I want to be the mom that snaps at my kids or yells at them? Or, you know, and I thought like, I don't want to be that way. And so I had to ask myself a lot of tough questions and I had to choose my response ahead of time and say, um, I don't care what I'm feeling. I'm going to respond in love and with kindness and with patience. And, um, and then I will, I promise myself that I will sift through those feelings that are causing the anxiety so I'm not going to let the anxiety hang around or give it permission to be present in my life. But at the same time, I'm not going to allow it to dictate how I'm going to live and how I'm going to parent. And so I started making really intentional choices to parent the way that I I felt that my kids deserve to be parented. And I'm happy to report that I, I believe that I have been doing that. I mean, I won't say I'm perfect because I'm not. And I have had imperfect moments where I get frustrated, but I believe I have tools now that I didn't have the first time where I'm able to go slow and be patient. And if I do have a lot of emotions, model it for my kids and tell them I'm, this is what I'm feeling right now. I need your help to be a little bit quiet or maybe read a book so I can handle what I need to with the baby or do whatever. Um, And this isn't about you. This is about mommy. And so even though I, I have all those emotions, it's been a beautiful thing because I've been able to teach my kids, all emotions are normal. All emotions are okay. It's only when we allow those emotions to take over and lead to bad behavior when it's not okay. And so even the bad times are good now because it's always a learning lesson and I've kind of went beyond postpartum, but yeah, it's been ups and downs as all postpartum are, but um, it's been a beautiful learning experience. And I believe through this experience, I'm becoming the mom that I want to be, you know, and I think I'm becoming a very intentional mom, which is what I really want to be. So not perfect, but I am working toward being that mom that I want to be.
0: Mm, oh my gosh! Thank you for sharing about that experience with postpartum anxiety and with anxiety. Because I, I know, like I mentioned before, being someone who has struggled with anxiety myself, I can totally put myself in your shoes. In those moments where the anxiety is so high, you say things or you do things or you know you act in a way that you you don't love and you you don't want to, but anxiety is a beast but I think the key here is that there are tools and that you you sought out those tools and you found what works for your anxiety and that you can pass that on to your kids like you said I think it's it's a gift to be able to really um I don't want to say take control but learn how to manage our, our emotions so that we can teach those things to our kids because that wasn't something that I think that I was taught or Modeled, And that's no fault to like my parents or anything like that. But I just don't think it was talked about when I was a child. Emotional, like, or managing our emotions just wasn't something, it wasn't a skill that we were taught. And we weren't necessarily told that there are tools. And I think many, for many moms too, I think postpartum anxiety is probably more common than we think. And so I know that I have I have several really good friends who have struggled with postpartum anxiety, some of them who found tools through therapy, some of them who found tools through medication and therapy usually a combination and and you know found tools in that way in order to to manage it. But I think it does make you so much of a better mom to be able to whatever emotional struggles you're going through to be able to just recognize and find the tools. And sometimes it's hard to recognize, but when you get to the point of recognizing, okay, this isn't who I want to be, knowing that there's no shame in reaching out, in finding those tools and to making changes and that none of us are perfect. We're never going to fully get it right. Mm-hmm. I know that um, I mentioned before we, we went on um, where we really started recording my husband has a a really crazy job. He travels a lot and there are seasons, you know, within his travels where life gets really crazy and I get stressed out. And I can definitely recognize those times where I am a little bit anxious because life just feels really crazy and really hectic. And I've very much learned how to tell my kids, okay, you guys aren't doing anything, anything wrong, but mommy needs a little bit of rest time right now. Mm -hmm. So mommy needs to go. And sometimes it's as simple as we have a pool at our apartment complex. My favorite thing to do to Deal with my anxiety in the short term. In the short term, this is not a long-term solution, but is to um, sit by like the the uh, kitty side of the pool, and to let the kids like play and splash and read a book. So I'm watching them. They're fine. Oh, They're okay. Oh. I'm close enough to jump in <laughs> if I needed to. Um, yeah. And I'm like, it seems like such a silly thing, but it has been so life-giving in the last couple of months that have been so crazy. And that's just one of those little things, breathing techniques, like therapy. I am so, so such an advocate for therapy. There are so many different tools and they're going to be unique to each and every one of us, but I think it's the recognition and it's the finding those tools and not being ashamed to admit that we need those, that we need tools, whatever it looks like for us.
1: A hundred percent. Can I share a silly thing that I do because yeah. you shared yours? Um, so a hundred percent, I'm in total agreement with you. One of the things I do, and I found um, just in self-care in general, I found that it's so important because you can't parent the way you want to, and you can't be intentional if you're not in a good place. Um, but I, I say the same things to my boys if i need a break i say mommy needs just 10 minutes to herself so i can be my best the best mommy today you know and so they kind of understand that because they've seen the anxiety so they're like oh we want mommy to be the best mommy today but um a break once a day is not enough you know like in order to look at this thing as a marathon and not a sprint i need to basically budget in several tiny breaks throughout the day so I can go and go and go. And what I do, and it's also very, it seems silly, but it's just sometimes you just need that little ounce of hope or encouragement. I do like a Sudoku or a crossword puzzle, and I'll sit for maybe five minutes if I can get it 10 minutes at the most, and just let my mind drift and daydream and I'll just do Sudoku. And by the end of that time, I'm like reset, refreshed, ready to go. And my husband has said like, well, why don't you like stop doing Sudoku's you could get more done. And I'm like, Oh no, this is imperative. This isn't me goofing off. This is me preparing for the marathon, you know? And so I do that probably four times a day for in like five minute pockets and it makes all the difference. And then I feel like I can go all day. I can wake up at night. I can go again. I can go seven days straight because I know I'm giving myself those little breaks throughout the day, you know, versus, giving everything and then burning out and snapping, you know what I mean? So that's made a huge difference for me. And so I would say good on you. Like that pool routine is not silly at all. It's they get to play, they're safe. You get to recharge and fill your cup. And so I say kudos. I'm so glad you're doing that. Like, I'm glad you have that.
0: Yes. I love that marathon analogy too, because I am a runner. And so I'm totally it just totally resonates with me. It's like, you have to refuel. You can't go the whole marathon without refueling. So those little breaks are so important. I love that. And I hope that this gives the mom listening permission to take some of those breaks because I think it, it does, it can feel like we just need to go, go, go and get more done. And I think many of us, and I'm speaking from personal experience and it, I feel like oftentimes if it's my personal experience, it's probably someone else's as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it can be very easy to go. I'll just get all the things done now and then I'll rest later but yes. that rest later never comes. And then it's the next day and we are feeling crazy and frazzled and maybe extra anxious or we've snapped at our kids and we didn't want to, or,
1: you and know. And we bring it all from the last day to the exactly. next day and then we bring it to yes. the next day. A hundred percent, yeah. So it's, being proactive and, yeah. and bringing those breaks into our everyday and being and, okay with that. And yeah. I think the, for what I'm learning now in this season of uh, motherhood, which now I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old is that, I need to waste time. I can't account for every second of every day and be healthy. I need to have time where I'm wasting time and wasting time is productive. It recharges your creativity and your brain. It recharges your body. It's like, I used to feel so guilty about if I'm wasting time or like they're playing nicely, I should do something. And I'm like, no, wasting time right now is the best thing I can do. And that feels so good to me now. Whereas before I would have guilt tripped, shamed myself for it, squeezed in something until I broke, you know, and um, yeah, I think that's just such a nice little tool that I've been learning about. Yes.
0: Wasting time is not a waste. It, truly <laughs> is it. I love that.
1: <laughs>
0: so I would love to kind of go back a little bit to, we've kind of gone deeper into motherhood, but I want to go back a little bit to the mom who might be struggling if she's struggling with having dealt with a traumatic birth experience or a really difficult postpartum experience, whether it is struggles with breastfeeding, like you went through or physical pain or emotional struggles, what advice and encouragement do you have for the mom who is in the thick of it, who might be in the similar place of physical or emotional pain or both? What advice, what encouragement would you have for her?
1: Well, first I would just encourage her that you are enough. This is temporary. You can do this. You're stronger than you think. Um, And just to the advice I would give is just what we were talking about to love yourself and give yourself permission to breathe, to watch a stupid sitcom, to go for a walk. If you need to, whatever you need to do to get yourself in a place of joy, I would say, give yourself permission because taking care of yourself is the best thing you can do for your child. Um, And the other, the thing that was a game changer for me early on was finding a mom friend. So just somebody who we can do it together, we can go to the park, let the kids play and we can just get everything off our chest and find out oh, I'm not alone, you know, we're, oh, this is normal or, oh, other women deal with this, but everything started changing for me. And I started to enjoy motherhood when I started to connect with other moms. Um, and I know it's hard when you're like, but I don't have the time to, you know, pack everything up and whatever, but making that time, I think makes all the difference. Even if it's just on like WhatsApp or Marco Polo to check in with the mom once a week and tell them, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. And how are you doing? I think that is so good for our mental health. Um, And so those are the two things I would say if I had any advice, and I really try not to give mom's advice (laughs) because it's so hard and we're doing our best, but I would just say, love yourself and connect.
0: I love that. And we, you're right that we. We do all have our own unique experiences, but I think that traditionally, we raise children in in tribes, right? Mm-hmm. And whether it was family, extended family, friends. And I think oftentimes we're so isolated, especially in the last year where we were physically isolated from a, pretty much everyone, but our immediate families for so long, for so many of us we're pretty much the entire world. I think motherhood can feel isolating. And then it's really easy to isolate ourselves, especially when we're going through a difficult time. But I wholehearted wholeheartedly agree with both of those, especially um, well loving yourself first, taking care of yourself and and then connecting with other moms. I know as you're saying that, I was thinking about how transformative it was for me too. my first um, you know, I want to say like six to eight months of motherhood was very was very much on my own. I did end up moving in with my parents for a period of time. It's a long story. my husband was immigrating, all that jazz he's Canadian. And, um, but other than having, so I did have a little bit of a family unit, but I didn't have any mom friends that weren't my mom who had had her last child at that point, like 25 years prior. (laughs) So, I mean, and my, my mom's given me incredible advice and encouragement over the years, but, um, having those moms, like having moms that I could connect with, I joined a mom, um, like fitness group that I would, that would meet. And I think we would meet like twice a week and I would, we would do these workouts and then we would all sit together after at the playground. So the kids could play exactly like you're talking about mm-hmm. and actually being able to, to be in, com- in community with other moms. When we, we lived in Canada at the, at the first five months of my oldest daughter's life and there, we had no friends who had kids, no, no one close by. Mm-hmm. And so I was totally alone until, until we moved back to or And at least I moved back to the U S and then my husband came later. And then I, it was probably eight or nine months. She was eight or nine months before I actually had my first, like, real mom friend. And it really mm-hmm. does make a difference. And mm-hmm. like you said, even if it is on Marco Polo to catch up or joining a zoom group or, or something like mm-hmm. that, just, you know, we do, um, and the healthy balance mama's Facebook community. We don't do it on Facebook. We do it on zoom, but we have a book club. And so we'll pick, um, a book every, you know, well it's usually about every month, kind of during the school year time, we pause in the summertime, and we meet and we chat about the book and some moms haven't like haven't even read the book cuz they're like I didn't have time. It's like, you know what? That's cool. Just come on, just chat about it with us and just be in community with other moms. And you know, some moms make it every time and some moms make it every once in a while, but it's just a way to connect and I love any way to connect. So I really really love that. And I think that I think we're allowed to give each other advice because the mom can choose to <laughs> take it or leave it, right? I think yes. we, it's about encouragement. It's about encouraging yeah. each other. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So all of this, okay. This traumatic birth situation that you ended up finding yourself in postpartum that you ended up finding yourself in this painful and physically and emotionally painful couple of years that you went through. And then this redemptive birth experience, ultimate healing inspired you to write a children's book, but a children's book for moms, which I think is <laughs> such a cool concept. When I read that, I was like, wait, what? That <laughs> is so cool. So I would love for you to just share with us how
1: this book came to be and who it's for. Thank you so much for saying that. So yeah, when I crawled out of my proverbial black hole, I just started to see, it started with one mom friend that I saw who was suicidal and isolated and out of her mind. And I took her for a walk and I rallied all the moms I knew like this mom needs support. And then I saw another mom and another mom and another mom. And I started to realize, Oh, we are all struggling. Even if it's quote unquote easy, it's never easy. And I was like, it broke my heart and I wanted to find a way to help. But being a mom, I know you're busy. Sometimes you are isolated or you have to be isolated. And I thought, how can I meet these moms where they are? How can I go into the private place and give them encouragement where they are? Because a lot of times we suffer in silence. A lot of times there's a stigma or you want to be seen as a strong mom or the perfect mom, or, you know, you present yourself to the world as how you want to be seen. But when you're in those private moments with just you and your baby, that's when you need it. That's when you need the encouragement and the hope. And like we were talking about with the Sudokus or sitting by the pool, sometimes you just need an ounce, just an ounce of hope to get you through the next hour or the next day. And so I thought if I could write a book for moms, I could be there with them in that precious moment, um, in that intimate moment, um, When they are taking care of their baby, I also thought, you know, time is such a huge component for moms that there's all these things that you're supposed to be doing with your baby with the tummy time and the feedings and the nap times and the play times and all this stuff that it's like, well, when do I have time to sit and encourage myself? And I thought, well, the babies. They don't start to understand words for months and months, but you're encouraged to be reading to them every day, all the time. And it doesn't matter what you're reading to them, but those um, words and and the pictures are giving them uh, cognitive development, social development, language skills, and helping their brain development. So I thought in this time, when we are supposed to be reading to our babies around the clock, what if what we were reading fed our souls and gave back to us. So I wrote this really cute children's book and the pictures and the words are very simple and bold to help with the baby's developing eyesight and brain development. But the message is just for mom. And it's just a very simple, small story. It's called motherhood is big enough. And every page gives a little bit of encouragement. Like my hair can wait. Motherhood is big enough. The dishes can wait. Motherhood is big enough. And it's just a story to encourage moms that right now you're enough and motherhood is enough. And if you don't get to that chore, okay, that's fine because you are doing a huge job and it just reminds you that, okay, this is temporary. This is on the back burner right now. I can focus on motherhood and that's enough. And I remember one mom telling me when she was a new mom, before I ever had kids, I just don't feel like I'm doing anything. I feel like, you know, because you're at home all the time or whatever, or you're used to being productive or being out in the world and just being able to sit and say, I'm enough. And this is enough for right now. The world is going to come back your, your skills, your new friendships. So everything is going to start coming back. But right now, this is enough. And so we wrote this book and I, my goal is to get it into as many hands of struggling moms or new moms as I possibly can. Um, It's a small thing, but sometimes the small things can be so big. And so that's my heart. And I just want to be there in those intimate moments with moms to love them, support them, encourage them with just a gentle encouragement, not. Uh, you know, anything of like, this is what you should be doing, or this is how you should love yourself, or self care, you know, because even those things can stress us out when people tell you to relax, or people tell you, okay, I'm going to give you a break, go rest. And you're like, uh, uh got to rest, got to rest. It's like, even those things can be too much. And so, this book is just a simple way to love moms. And give them a sigh of relief and just a deep breath in some of those chaotic moments um, while still allowing them to bond with their baby and not take any time away from all of the baby duty that they do every day.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I love that you thought of everything. Like it's, it's for the babies as much as, as it is for the moms and it's for the moms as much as it is for the babies, and. I love that it's it's simple but it's powerfully encouraging and it it you know kind of takes us back full circle in the beginning of the conversation when you were talking about being postpartum with your first son and feeling like you know your husband's going to go off to work because he's doing the work but you're actually at home doing you know quadruple the quadruple the amount of work that he's doing at his 9 to 5 job taking care of this tiny human and I don't think that moms are given I think We're given credit from other people and you're like, oh, your motherhood, it's the hardest job in the world. You're doing it. And I think we, we hear that, but we don't often internalize that. And I think we need that encouragement. And so I want to get a copy of, of your book for like literally every new mom (laughs) because they need it. They really do. And I know that I needed that when I was trying to do all of the things with my, my essentially newborn. I started my business actually when my daughter was five months old and I'm thinking back to it going, What was I thinking? I was—I immediately stressed myself out because I was Mm -hmm. just—we were just getting past the really difficult newborn stage, and we also had struggles with nursing and things like that. And Mm so, um, she was sick when she was really young, and then she—you know—we had so many, so many struggles those first few months. It was like as soon as we were out of that, I was like, I'm going to start a business, and I'm going to just add a whole bunch of other stuff (laughs) onto our plate. And I think as moms, we can multitask in an incredible way and we can do so many things but, and we do such an incredible job but we need to remember and be reminded just like you said that just being a mom is enough. Motherhood is big enough that it's okay if we let some of those things go. We -hmm. don't take on another thing that it's okay that we're doing the most important job and that we are constantly reminded of that. Not just told like, oh, you're doing good but really, really encouraging and being encouraged in that, and I love that it's it's a children's book or it's a book for babies in that as well. I just think it's so cool. It's such a cool concept. I know I told you in the email that I sent you um, when you when you reached out, I was like, "This is." I don't know if I said this is so cool, but that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> it really stood out to me because I've I've never heard of anything like this before. It's so unique and so needed. And so I'm I'm so I'm so grateful for you bringing this to the world.
1: Thank you. I feel grateful to be doing this. I feel like even the process to make the book was so difficult and so hard and it was so much more work than I thought it would take. And in the beginning, I kind of had this attitude of like, well, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, at least I tried. But as I put the book out there, the response was so overwhelming where moms were coming up to me and sharing their stories and saying me too, or this is what happened to me, or this is how I struggled. And I was, I was blown away because it was, strangers on the street where I would have moments of intimacy and vulnerability that they said, I just watched your video and I'm in tears. But it was also members of my family coming forward saying, this is what I struggled with that I had no idea. And this overwhelming response of women coming forward that gave me such a resolve that, oh, this isn't an option. I have to make this book. I have to get it done for these women and not just for them, but for future generations of women who are going to go through this. And so it just really gave me this drive to not only get the book made, but get it out there to as many moms as possible. And my dream is to, um, give back a portion of the proceeds to maternal mental health and i don't know what that's going to look like this book is still very new but i'm i'm working that out because i want to this whole endeavor has been a way to love moms but also um support them in practical ways like this book is a tangible thing that they can hold on to that they can hug their baby read the book and have just a moment of like it's going to be okay. And so I'm looking for other practical ways to really give back to moms in a way that's actually going to support them and love them. Um, You know what I mean? So- Yeah, that's, um, it's been my heart and I have enjoyed every moment, every tear shared with another mom, every story that's been told to me. I'm savoring every moment of it because the pain and the joy is, it's all so beautiful. And I feel grateful to be the one that gets to bring the book into the world and also connect with moms in such a beautiful, deep, meaningful way.
0: Mm, I think not just the writing of the book, and the book I think is going to be so powerful and transformative from for so many moms. But you just sharing your story as well and being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, I think is so incredible. Like I keep saying over and over again, but I'm sure that the mom listening is also agreeing with me <laughs> that I it's just it, it truly isn't the mental health side of motherhood. It's not. The reality of it, I don't think, is talked about enough. I think it's talked yeah. about in a high level. Like if you're struggling, seek out help, but tangibly it is harder. Mm-hmm. And it still feels sometimes like if we are struggling with our mental health as moms, or or even our physical health, if we feel like it shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. We feel like, oh, I, you know, I've done something wrong.
1: Right. And right.
0: Just little bits of encouragement, I think, can maybe even just be the catalyst of moving forward with getting more help and, and maybe, you know, just that maybe that one mom who reads the book and is encouraged by it, passes it on to another mom who really needed it. And so I love your whole mission. I love giving back to maternal mental health and it's, it's so incredible.
1: So Thank I'm, you. you're welcome. <laughs> Can I squeeze one more thing in here? Just oh, as absolutely. you were talking, yeah. it reminded me, um, when I was pregnant, going through the pain the first time, um, I, somebody gifted me this little frog that we called Freddie frog. And we, this was before we had any baby shoes, any diaper bags, nothing. All I had was this little frog and I would hug that frog and cry and just holding that frog and sometimes pretending he was the baby and just like that little frog helped me get through so much. And so when I think about this book and when I have those, you know, I have the self-critic in my mind saying, Oh, this isn't enough. This isn't going to help. I'm like, if that little frog could get me through the hard times, how much more could several words of encouragement, you know? Um, And the other thing I was thinking as you were saying it is, the numbers are astounding that 50 to 75% of new moms struggle with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 9% of moms struggle with PTSD that I didn't even know was a thing until I had it. And 20% of women who give birth suffer from anxiety. So these are high numbers, but guess what? I passed all the tests. I passed all the screenings because I didn't want to be seen as struggling. I didn't want my doctor to prescribe something or add more work. So I knew the answers and I passed them and they would say, okay, you're fine. And I knew I wasn't fine. So if these are the numbers of the women reporting their struggles, how much higher are the numbers of the women who aren't reporting the numbers, you know? And so if we can't get an accurate picture or if we can't normalize the conversation to the point where moms are coming forward and being really truthful about their journey, this is a step where if you're not going to seek out the help that you need because of fear or because of anxiety or whatever, you can have this little tool at home in that intimate place. Um, And maybe it will make you feel empowered to go and seek out uh, more traditional help, but Maybe these moms wouldn't, and this little book will give them a little bit of help that they need. So um yeah, and just reminded about how the small things can go so far. You know what I mean? Yes, they can. They they really can. So
0: as we start to wrap things up, I know this is kind of similar to the question that I, I asked you before, but I'm just wondering if you have any last pieces of words of wisdom for the mom listening who might be struggling. It doesn't just have to be if they are going through. A physically or emotionally painful postpartum, but it can be it can be moms in general. Whatever you feel kind of called to share,
1: I guess um, <laughs> you know. Like I said, I'm very wary to offer quote unquote advice because uh, so many of us moms take on so much pressure and so much burden. When the reality is, you are doing an awesome job. You are an Amazon, and give yourself credit for that. Um, but I would say, have a piece of chocolate put on some makeup, like feel good about yourself and enjoy today, whatever gives you joy, go do it. You know, like if it's going to the movies and I know we're coming out of a pandemic, so maybe not yet, but like bring your baby and go to the movies. You know what I mean? Just like give yourself a little bit of joy today and um, just know that you are loved. You're enough and you are so beautiful. (laughs) You are doing the best job and you're doing the most important job. And, um, I really do believe that moms can change the world because we have the power to shape the next generation. And if we are healthy, then we are going to bring up a healthy generation. And if we're not healthy, we are not going to bring up a healthy generation. So love yourself, enjoy today, laugh, have fun. Um, you're not wasting time. If you do that, put on some lipstick, whatever you want, go have coffee with a mom friend, but really enjoy your day. You know what I mean?
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. Find joy. I don't think that's adding anything unnecessary to the to-do list for the mom listening. Oh my gosh. I love that. So I have three fun little rapid fire questions I like to add at the end just to kind of lighten things up because it's been been a hard conversation, but we've had some joyful moments in it too. Um, But before we get to the rapid fires, I would love to hear where my listeners can connect with you more, where they can get your book and all of the work that you do.
1: Awesome. Um, so they can definitely connect with me on my Instagram, which is at the T H E underscore kitty, K Y R I a K I. So at the underscore kitty, um, that's the best place to DM me. If you want to talk, I've had new moms just like reach out and be like, Hey, I'm scared about this. That's great. I savor those conversations. So whatever it is, I will be your mom friend. Um, You can also connect to me, send an email through my website, thedenmother.net, where you can also find more information about the book, how to buy it and all that type of thing. Um, So those are the two best places. Awesome.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't wait for you to get this book into every new mom's hands and 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 moms who aren't new moms, so they can pass them on to their their mom friends too. (laughs) Me too. Thank you. So to finish off, I have three of these fun little rapid fire questions. And we start with talking about food because I am a chef and I love food. (laughs) So what have you been loving to cook lately?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So there is this, it's a lemon tahini Mediterranean bowl Mm. that is to die for. It's actually on my Instagram. If you scroll, I, I have several recipes on my Instagram and that one is my by all time favorite. So whenever guests come, I make that for them, but it's quinoa, like a, a turmeric Mediterranean quinoa with uh, roasted sweet potatoes and crispy chickpeas. And this, um, sauteed kale that you massage with lemon and oil and drizzle, uh, sprinkle with salt. And then you top it with this creamy lemon tahini. Oh, it's mind blowing. So yes, that is my number one favorite thing to cook right now.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I love all of those things you just <laughs> mentioned. It's so good. I and love tahini vegan. sauce. I could drink tahini sauce. So yeah, it's
1: delicious. So good. Oh my gosh. So, good. so
0: that's what you've been loving to cook. What have you been loving to eat lately?
1: Hmm. Well, this isn't really uh, something to eat, but to drink. Um, I will say this is one of the little breaks I get in the little ways I love myself is I make myself an iced chai every morning mm-hmm. with soy milk. And it's so good right now. I'm doing a salted caramel chai that, oh, I, that. I, I, I steep. My husband actually got me this like steeper ice chai thing for my birthday that I'm using every day. So it's just an ice chai that I put a little drop of stevia and some soy milk and I sip it outside on the patio while I do a Sudoku. And it's, it's like heaven. Oh, it's my favorite. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good.
0: Oh, I need to know about this. Deeper things. I actually gave up coffee earlier this year because it was triggering my anxiety and I finally admitted that it wasn't good for me. And so I can do a little bit of caffeine with tea. And so I do chai or matcha. And so, and I love chai. So that sounds amazing. I want one of
1: those right now. (laughs) I'm going to text you that picture because it's amazing. And I'm like you, I can't do coffee. It makes me jittery and it's too much. But tea is like just enough caffeine. And when you make it, because I know some moms that are like, oh, I hate tea. And I'm like, okay, make it this way. And you will yes. love it. It's so good.
0: Oh my gosh. So yes. Good. I I definitely, <laughs> I definitely okay, would love I'll to that. Okay. I'll text you the picture. Yeah. Perfect. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> sure. And so my, my final question that I have for you today, because this is the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast, and we like to celebrate balance in every area in every
1: season. What does balance look like to you in this season? I love that question so much. Um, I know people have different uh, opinions on balance. Some say balance doesn't exist, you know, Um, but for me, balance looks, uh, well, I'll start by talking about everything I do, which is motherhood, being a wife, taking care of the house. I'm an actor. So I'm auditioning several times a day and acting. Um, And then my book, selling and um, writing and working out those types of business details too. So I have these kind of five areas of my life. And what I tell myself is, um, A, like we talked about, I I build in those breaks where I can have just me time throughout the day. Um, And then I tell myself that all of it feeds together. So if I'm really heavy on this area, it doesn't mean I'm detracting from another area. It means that I'm building the whole thing. So if one area is pretty busy, I let the others slide for a minute. And then if that area is slow, I say, okay, now I can focus on this area. Um, So for me, family comes first. My boys are my greatest joy and my highest priority. And then after that, it's just... Um, a little bit of a juggling game. So when this needs my attention, I give it to that. And I don't guilt myself or shame myself for letting another area slide. When the other area needs attention, I put it toward that. If I have a lot of auditions, okay, guess what? The book is going to go on the shelf for a minute, you know? And so just allowing myself without guilt or shame to jump between them and allowing myself to have joy in it rather than getting overwhelmed saying, Oh, thank God I have this thing I can focus on because otherwise I would stress out about the fact that I don't have auditions today, you know? So it's like, I can focus on this now. Oh, got an audition. I get to enjoy it. You know? So I guess I would just say, um, jumping from putting on each hat, you know, and jumping from plate to plate with joy and not with shame or guilt is how I feel the most balanced and the most whole.
0: Mm, I love that. There's so much intention in that, in going, this is what I'm going to focus on right now and I can let the other things go. And I love that. I always say that balance isn't a destination or my opinion is that balance isn't a destination. It's not like we f- discover balance and then we're there. It's mm-hmm. it's changing in every season. And that's why I love this question. I love hearing that. And I, I think it. that's such an incredible answer and such a perfect place to, to end things today. But I bet I could keep talking to you.
1: <laughs> so I know, so I was feeling like I could be your best friend. We could talk forever. It's so fun. Over a chai. (laughs) Oh yes. I would love to make you a chai sometime.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would love that. This was, this was so incredible, such an incredible conversation. You're a beautiful storyteller and I'm just, I'm so grateful. Like I've said so many times for you sharing your story for moms, encouraging them in this book that you are bringing into the world to kind of like your new baby, right? Bringing into the world (laughs) to help encourage other moms. So I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful you took time out of your day to share with me about
1: all of it. Oh, thank you. I am so grateful to be here and just to be a part of your community. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.